This podcast is for general educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered medical, practice management, legal, investment, or other professional advice. No one should act or refrain from acting based on this podcast without obtaining appropriate professional advice. I think more and more there's this perception that medicine is in some ways almost losing its soul. Like there's, It's hard to connect with people. And I hope that that shifts. I hope that in the future we look back and recognize that this is a really sacred thing that we do and and that there's nothing more important than being kind and helping each other. And I hope that that's recognized. Welcome to Gastro Broadcast, where we explore the world of independent gastroenterology. If you're looking for a clinical podcast, this may not be it. Our podcast features two GI physicians in private practice discussing issues such as practice management, policy advocacy, innovative patient education initiatives, and a lot more. But before we switch to that format, I'm Andrew Souza, and I have the honor of introducing each of our hosts. Today we get to meet Dr. Lisa Matthew, a practicing gastroenterologist at South Denver Gastroenterology in Colorado. Dr. Matthew received her Doctor of Medicine from Duke University and then went to rival UNC to get a Master's of Science in Public Health. She did a residency at the University of Pennsylvania and her fellowship at the University of Washington. And she is currently the Medical Director at Castle Rock Endoscopy Center and serves as the Innovation Committee Chair of South Denver GI. Welcome to Gastro Podcast, Dr. Matthew. Thanks, Andrew. Happy to be here. So before we get started, I just want to ask you, you went to both Duke and UNC. So is that uh, difficult for you when those when those arguments start? You know, it's, it's always a bit of a tightrope walk. Um, <laughs> I remember I attended a UNC game uh, and sat in the student section wearing all of my Duke gear. And it was a particularly uh, challenging game for the Blue Devils. And I, I do not recall ever being as heckled. <laughs> we're throwing ice at me. It was, it was right there in the trenches with, with my blue devils. But that's where my uh, allegiances lie. When you were there, did you already know that you wanted to become a gastroenterologist, or how did you, how did you make that decision? No, actually, as a med student, I very much envisioned myself going into OBGYN. I was really interested in women's health. Okay. And then I did my OBGYN rotation and I became quickly disillusioned with uh, the obstetrics piece of that. <laughs> but actually, I think the women's health piece has um, really continued to be a focus for me. Um, interestingly, I found that within GI, I think there's a lot of untapped potential for female gastroenterologists to address you know, some pretty sensitive issues for, for our female patients. I would say in general, in the world of private practice, I'm, I'm a generalist, so I do see all types of different patients. Um, I enjoy working with IBD patients um, in particular. Uh, I've just found it to be a subset of patients where you can really take time to grow a relationship. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I've always just felt like it's a really nice merger of the art of medicine okay. with some of the science. I think... You know, there's there's so much nuance to IBD care, and having a good open relationship with your patients ultimately is really fundamental to guiding them through, a, you know, a really life changing diagnosis. Um, and I've always felt, you know, it's an honor to be there with people in those moments. Tell me a little bit more about your practice and, and those patients, the the community that you serve. 
Yeah, so I'm part of a practice, South Denver Gastroenterology. We're a group of about 24 docs, so I would say mid-sized. We're located in the south part of Denver, and our patient catchment area is considerable. You know, we see patients from pretty urban to suburban areas, and where I am uh, primarily focused in Castle Rock, we also see quite a bit of the rural population. Okay. Um, We do have three centers, uh, three ASCs. Two of those are joint ventures. One is an independent uh, venture at this time. That's down at Castle Rock, where, where I am primarily based. It's been an interesting evolution there. I think I came on uh, in 2014 to our group, and we made the expansion to Castle Rock probably about two to three years later. And so very early on in my career, I was able to take on some very unique opportunities in building and developing a new ASC and clinic um, really from the ground up. And for me, I think that really sparked... Um, quite a bit of interest in in practice management and development, just because we were dealing with those issues front and center. Yeah, I, I hear from a lot of um, gastroenterologists that one of the reasons that they you know go into private practice is because they find that they can have an opportunity to do a lot more than if they you know went into uh, academia or chose to work in the hospital. Is that is that kind of why you chose to go into private uh, practice? You put the words in my mouth. That resonates greatly with me. Um, <laughs> although I don't know that I had the foresight to recognize that coming out of fellowship, honestly. Um, I kind of had a sense out of fellowship that, you know, I was I was not an academician. Like, building research trials just didn't fire me. So one of the one of the unique aspects of South Denver GI is that we're equal share. Okay. Equal share as far as physician compensation, physician scheduling, very socialist across the board. Um, okay. But interestingly, you know, that really trickles down to all aspects of the practice. And so our decision making is also fully egalitarian. There's no um, preference for seniority when it comes to decision making. And so actually very early on in my career, even as an associate, I was I felt encouraged to speak up and participate in our practice meetings and discussions. And Again, having landed in a position where we were expanding right at the same time that I was learning um, the ins and outs of our practice, it really just lended itself towards a lot of opportunities to very quickly become involved in a leadership level that I don't think I would have been afforded had I joined a practice that was structured differently. Um, okay. I do think, I think the model of encouraging everyone to participate, actually almost requiring everyone to participate early on, has really changed how we all interact with each other and, and how our practice functions. Um, I actually find that in private practice, uniquely, I've turned back to my public health training far more than I expected. Mm. Um, really thinking about systems-based care and how to how to provide an experience beyond just the doctor-patient relationship that really mm-hmm. promotes promotes healing. Um, you know, I don't want to put too too strong an emphasis on it, but I really believe that you know everything from the patient's experience at the front desk to how results are communicated to how we facilitate bowel prep instructions. 
that's really critical. That's critical to helping guide people through something that's pretty foreign and challenging to them. Um, and so that systems-based um, approach, again, I have found far more useful than I expected when I did my public health training yeah. um, and far more gratifying uh, to be able to really create an experience that welcomes people in and and that really provides the service that we're trying to accomplish um, is incredibly gratifying. I, I love that part of being in private practice. That's great. Um, so let's talk about, uh, you know, reaching out to patients and communicating with them. Um, you know, I, I remember a few years ago, um, I think maybe even the first time I met you, um, we had a discussion about how, you know, we get a thousand emails and, and you just kind of don't have the, the time to get through hundreds of emails that you get. I think I started, you know, talking to you about wanting to do a podcast. That really was the, you know, kind of the impetus for, you know, putting a lot of this together. Um, so first of all, thank you for that. Uh, but second of all, you know, tell me, um, you know, why you wanted to be a host of the podcast and what, you know, what's really interesting to you about the the format. Well, that's kind. I would I would offer that. <laughs> I am grateful to you for this opportunity. Um, I think we both share a love of podcasts and a love of, you know, sort of exploring some innovative ways of bringing people together um, as a GI community. Um, I think historically, particularly private practices have existed as silos. And over the last few years, uh, you know, I think there's a greater sense of solidarity and a sense that, hey, you know, we're all trying to achieve the same goal and actually working uphill against some of these larger um, hospital-based uh, practice systems. Um, I think we have a really unique, unique viewpoint as private practice groups and a unique product to offer patients. I think we do it better than anyone else. I firmly believe that physician-run practices can make better decisions on behalf of their patients um, and provide better mm -hmm. care than if that's being run by a third-party administrator. Um, and I think that that passion and that sense that, you know, we have something really special here and something that needs to be protected has really fired my desire to be a part of uh, the bigger picture and a part of working together to learn from each other um, some best practices and some, you know, unique and creative ways of addressing the ever-changing world of, of practice that we exist in. And the, the only thing I would include in that, that you forgot to mention, that you also do it at a lower cost to the healthcare system. Absolutely. So. I think the cost savings of keeping patients out of the hospital in, in ASCs is paramount and really poorly recognized in the medical community in general. Um, I can't tell you how many, you know, family practice docs who aren't really aware of the huge expense that their patients are facing when they go to a hospital for a routine screening exam. Um, I just think we need to be careful and thoughtful about how we use our resources as um, healthcare expenses nationwide continue to mount. I think we can do a good job for far less. And in terms of, of podcasts, you know, I, I tend to, to like them because you can... You can listen to them while you're doing other things. I think that that's, that's basically it, that, you know, you can't read an email while you're washing the dishes, right? Absolutely. So, um, we all have <laughs> tell, tell me about uh, what your, your favorite podcasts are. <laughs> well, first of all, to address what you were mentioning earlier, um, I think podcasts are a perfect way to, it's, it's the Netflix of news, right? Like we're able to tune right. in when we want at a time that's convenient in our lives 
to great content that we've already perused and chosen of interest to ourselves. Um, you know, I mean, here in Colorado, I can listen to a podcast skiing down fresh powder in the mountains. It's perfect. All right. <laughs> we can, you know. Sounds a lot better than washing dishes. <laughs> we all, we all have our podcast moments. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have a long list. I'm actually curious to know what podcasts you love. I, I initially came to podcasts through Radio Lab, one of my most favorite podcasts. Um, I I love Radio Lab too. We were listening to me and my son were listening to a story about cats uh, falling out of windows <laughs> and how they're able to land on their feet. So I listen, you know, to a lot of podcasts. There there are a lot of good GI podcasts. Uh, Gut Talk at Helio, the AGA has has a number of them. I will admit that my kind of guilty pleasure is. Um, spooky podcasts true crime they have like a they have a a spooky version of snap judgment and i've really gotten into that and my son used to listen to it but then it got a little too creepy so (laughs) he doesn't let me listen to it when i'm in the car anymore it was was a it was a true crime story told in parts adnan's um uh, there's cereal, um and they 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 have a really good one about the cleveland justice system uh, that was was really great, but the, there's a there's a number yeah. of them. Um, how about you? My recent faves have been um, I listen to the Daily a lot, the New York Times, the Daily. Yep. It is well produced, and they yep. have been putting out some really great content. I do the the Red Journal podcast and GI Pearls uh, when I'm when I'm looking to up my CME. Uh, the Happiness Lab, okay. the Happiness Lab was a new discovery for me. It's a Produced by a Yale uh, psychologist, um, and she goes through a science-based approach to increasing happiness, which was fascinating. Wow. Yeah. It's actually based on a, um, a class that she taught at Yale. It's really good. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to check that out. Does it, does it work? It's really good. <laughs> I actually uh, tuned Peter Margolis into that one. I don't know if you finished it, but I'm hoping it upped his happiness level. Oh, great. Um, and then Hope Through History was like such a gem. It was um, actually a History Channel podcast, and they profiled different eras in American history when the country was at, you know, a particular crossroads and, and how we dealt with, you know, these really traumatic, dramatic national events and puts it in the context of, of you know, the current level of drama that we are all facing. Really fascinating. Yeah, there's great content out there. Well, I'm going to have to research some of those and provide links to them, um, you know, in your your bio on the website. So, um, you know, send me me a list of the things that you like. Um, So my last question that uh, I've been asking all of the hosts is, you know, uh, kind of taking an opportunity to look back. Um, I know throughout your uh, academic career, you um, traveled to, you know, you were in many different uh, areas of the country from North Carolina to Washington to Pennsylvania. So during that time, if you could go back and tell, tell give yourself some advice, what would you, what would you tell um, young Dr. <laughs> Matthew? I, I like to think of myself as still young Dr. Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> you are still young Dr. Matthew. This this question is a lot easier with our, our other hosts who are 
um, uh, you know, two of whom are like the deans of gastroenterology. So I wasn't quite sure how to phrase this question. Maybe I'll, I'll project a little into the future. And, and I hope that one day I'll, I'll look back and tell myself that, that what you put out into the world matters and that treating people well matters this perception that medicine is in some ways almost losing its soul. Like there's, it's hard to connect with people. And, and I hope that that shifts. I hope that in the future we look back and recognize that this is a really sacred thing that we do and, and that there's nothing more important than being kind and helping each other. And I hope that that's recognized. And maybe I would also tell myself to do all of my traveling in 2019 because... 2020 is looking a little bleak. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of uh, topics uh, do you think you're going to explore on the podcast? That's a great question. I mean, I kind of look at this opportunity as really a, a chance to get creative and to get to know people and how they're approaching problems within their practice in a completely different manner. Um, you know, I mean, I think my lens as a early career female gastroenterologist will certainly flavor some of the areas of interest for me. Um, but I think there's so much to explore out there. The great mm-hmm. thing about private practice is that there's such diversity um, no one practice is the same. And I think, again, we have so much to learn from one another. Um, and I hope that this is a forum where people feel comfortable and able to explore those areas where maybe people are approaching things a little bit differently, a little bit creatively. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be involved. Thank you for listening to the Gastro Broadcast. Find new episodes through Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. For information about our hosts, guests, and supporters, visit www.gastrobroadcast.com. Produced by Steadfast Collaborative.